Katie, we can't hear you. Hey, Katie, you need to start one. I'm sorry. I apologize. Starting again. Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book study. My name is Katie G and I'm a recovered compulsive eater. Today is Thursday, August August 20th, 2020, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern time. Today we are reading from the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the doctor's opinion, page XXX, starting with the second paragraph, the classification of alcoholics through four paragraphs, ending with to suggest is entire abstinence. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Elaine J. is going to read the 12 steps of OA, um, Harlan G. is going to read the 12 traditions of OA, and readers of the text are Cindy M. M. and Sam S. Actually, it's Sam S. and Cindy M. The share ID for yesterday, Wednesday, August 19th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 15184, that's 15184, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time is 15185, that's 15185. Okay, the preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps to OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Elaine Jay to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning. I'm a compulsive overeater. My name is Elaine Jay from Pennsylvania. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you. Thanks, Elaine. I will now ask Harlan G. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Harlan. Good morning, Katie. Thank you very much. These are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there has been one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Harlan. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your sharing to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying press, then by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we uh, resume our study of the big book. We are on, we are in the doctor's opinion, page XXX, the second paragraph, the classification of alcoholics. We're reading through four paragraphs ending with, to suggest is an entire abstinence and comments welcome on all paragraphs. I will now ask uh, Sam S. to please begin the reading. Sam, go ahead. Thank you, Katie. Thanks for your service. Good morning, everybody. Sam S. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The classification of alcoholics seems most difficult and in much detail is outside the scope of this book. There are, of course, the psychopaths who are emotionally unstable. We are all familiar with this type. They are always going on the wagon for keeps. 
They are over-remorseful and make many resolutions, but never a decision. There is the type of man who is unwilling to admit that he cannot take a drink. He plans various ways of drinking. He changes his brand or his environment. There is the type who always believes that after being entirely free from alcohol for a period of time, he can take a drink without danger. There is the manic depressive type who is perhaps the least understood by his friends and about whom a whole chapter can be written. Then there are the types entirely normal in every respect except in the effect alcohol has upon them. They are often able, intelligent, friendly people. All these and many others have one symptom in common. They cannot start drinking without developing the phenomenon of craving. This phenomenon, as we have suggested, may be the manifestation of an allergy which differentiates these people and sets them apart as a distinct entity. It has never been, been by any treatment with which we are familiar, permanently eradicated. The only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence. Wow, there's a lot in here. Um, you know, uh, earlier in, in my recovery journey, I spent so much time trying to figure out which classification I was, and I completely missed um, missed the point, which is I cannot start taking uh, certain bites uh, or certain behaviors without developing the phenomenon of craving. Um, the word that really stuck out to me this morning is entire, entire, entire. I need to be entirely honest about what it is, what these things are for me that develop a phenomenon of craving and obsession of the mind. And unless I'm willing to be entirely honest and then follow suit with entire abstinence, um, I'm I'm not going to get anywhere. I'm I'm just going to be stuck. Um, I really I appreciate the different types and classifications here because I might not identify with somebody uh, personality wise or their um, their classification, but if we all have the same symptom, then that means that we all have the same solution that's put in this book. I also really just appreciate here that. Um, that I am, uh, it's not because I am a bad person. I am, I'm a sick person. I have this disease here. So I, I just need to, to understand that I, I can't, I can't plan my various ways. I can't change my brand. I've tried a lot of that in my time, a lot of it. And, and it always ends up coming up with the same uh, result. So I just can't believe how much there is today. I, I'm so grateful um, for the text here because it's talking about me and um, is also talking about the solution, which is entire abstinence and then working the steps to, to find, uh, seek, and, and stick with God and his will. So I'm excited to hear what everybody has to say and, and so grateful for everybody who jumped in on the service to make this meeting happen this morning. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Okay, Sam, thank you so much for getting us started. Um, before we begin the shares, I just want to remind everyone, we are on page XXX. We are in the second paragraph, starting with the classification of alcoholics. We read through four paragraphs, ending with to suggest is entire abstinence. And just a reminder, we value everyone's experience. And we do ask that if you have shared in the last two days, um, 
why don't we uh, why don't you take a step back so everyone else can hear? All right, I can uh, go ahead and take names right now. Leah S. Okay, I've got Leah S. For Tina S. Tina S. But before Tina, there was a um. Hang on, Jackie. Before Tina, there was a something T. Was that Katie T? Reva P. Okay, I've got. Oh, there. So that was the name. All right, I'm gonna stop right there. I love hearing all of you. So we have. And I apologize, my ears can be broken. So we have Leah S., Lisa B., Tina S., Barbara E., Reva P., and Mary C. We're going to get started with that first lineup, and uh, we'll come back for more. So that would be Leah S. Please go ahead. Thank you very much, Katie. Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Leah S., recovered, and very grateful to be on this meeting this morning. Um, no matter who you are, no matter what you have, no matter whatever it is, you can recover. You can. There is hope. But don't fight step one. Don't fight the entire step. This is something that I cannot control. It is such a huge thing, this entire uh, dieting up and down, up and down the way I used to do. And now the last paragraph is so, so full of, of, of real, <laughs> I don't know where to start, but I'm going to start with the manifestation. There are certain foods that when I take them into my mouth, there is something that happens to my body and that food lingers around my body, and it gives me a feeling that I want to have some more, and I want more and more and more. And when the feeling leaves me, then I want even more. I cannot control this. That is why it is let it go. Let it go. This is too big for me. I've, more than half my life I was trying to diet up and down and up and down. And now I'm abstinent since 2014, and it's not up and down anymore. Believe me, this is the real truth. It is There is hope. But give up those foods. Give up the things that, that you think that you can't, that are really out of our control at least for me, as being a compulsive overeater. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah S. Okay, next up we'll have Lisa B. followed by Tina S. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. I'm really glad to be here on the line. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. This is such a packed uh, section of the doctor's opinion that's very important for me. I used to think I was the one that's just normal, normal in every respect. And I remember when I was reading through the big book with my guide, um, and we were in more about alcoholism, this little thought came up to the surface of my mind, and I'm so grateful it did because I didn't even know that it was lurking there. I believed that you guys were, gonna t- were teaching me how to eat like a normal person. I didn't know that this meant forever. I really didn't. I thought that after a certain period of time, surely I would be able to have 
a chocolate chip cookie with a cup of tea. Like, how nice would that be? I didn't know that, that this is something that's never going to go away. And it sounds so stupid. You would think I would know that, but I didn't know that. The other thing I, I like in this reading is about the emotionally unstable. Well, we learned that this illness is chronic, it's progressive, and it's fatal. But I also believe that sometimes the body is the last part to die. And the fatal, the fatality for me was the emotion and my spirit. You know, it will kill me emotionally and spiritually. And my mental stability is be totally shot. So I was always emotionally unstable. Abstinence, sobriety was my problem. I could never maintain emotional stability and be abstinent and sober like how do you do that so being emotionally unstable that that's something that's really familiar for me and when i was in the food i you would think i need some serious medication because the emotional instability was certainly there always that is how my untreated alcoholism untreated compulsive overeating showed itself through that malady of that emotional instability and a synonym for sanity being restored to sanity is stability so i love that and then it talks about the one always you know making promises but never making a decision that decision is the third step to go through with the steps and get recovered like that's the whole thing get to the third step make that decision and get recovered and that that's something i never was able to see and for a long time it was still fun for me and they say if it's still fun we're not done but there's so much more i could go on about and then the other thing is the only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence but guess what we get freedom we don't just get relief with abstinence we get freedom when we go through the steps and get recovered so with that i pass Thank you, Lisa B. Okay, next up we'll have Tina S. And Tina will be followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, Katie. Thanks so much for your service. Uh, thanks for stepping up. Uh, wow, what, a, what some great paragraphs and heard some really great shares. Grateful to be on the line. And, you know, I, I uh, you know, when I came in here, I didn't really want to hear that there are many types like me or uh, that this was that last house on the block because I was the one that, you know, I was going on the wagon for keeps and I was trying over and over to eat like I wanted to, but in a different manner. And, um, you know, and also I liked that it was just shared about the manic depressive type. Um, at least understood and about whom a whole chapter could be written for sure. You know, I came in here thinking that, you know, I had this mental illness and, um, and there was not a solution for me, but the good news is that there is. And, uh, you know, and I, too, I'm going to talk about the last paragraph that read. It says, you know, all these different types and many others, we have one symptom in common, you know, that exists among us all, that I can't start eating without developing the phenomenon of craving. You know, we don't know why that is, and it doesn't even really matter. You know, but once I put my alcoholic foods in my body, I, you know, I may not pick more up, but that's all I'm thinking about. You know, I'm off to the races in my mind, if, if not in my body. You know, and, and then it tells me that it, it makes me different than other people. I am not like the normal eater. And it sets us apart as a distinct entity. You know, and also that there has never been any treatment other than this, you know, that, that it can permanently be eradicated. You know, and I love that it talks about and it suggests entire abstinence because, you know, that's the start. That's the beginning. That's step one, you know, and, and the initial reader and sharer talked about the principle behind step one, which is honesty. 
you know, I've got to be honest about what those alcoholic foods are. And my experience is over the years and over time, they have become, they've become different. You know, I've changed my food plan many, many times when, you know, things came up that, you know, I know this is something that I cannot do. But, you know, and I, you know, I follow a food plan, so, you know, I may not eat it, but that's all I'm thinking about. So if I take that out of my food plan, I don't have to do any of that. I don't have to play that game, but I have to be honest. And first with me, because, you know, if I'm not honest with me, then, then I'm not doing anything. I'm not taking any kind of action. Um, you know, this is some great stuff. And I know, you know, step one is entire abstinence. But there are 11 other steps to get to the spiritual awakening and to find that power, what relieves me of my dilemma, which is lack of power. I thought I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. All right, next up we'll have Barbara E. followed by Reva P. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. So glad to get on the meeting. I did have trouble today. I don't know about any of you. Uh, this is Barbara E. in the state of confusion, better known as New Jersey, and happy to be here. Whether when I, when I first read these labels, I have to use that term, I balked. I didn't want to consider myself a psychopath. But then I looked up the definition and I saw it was for men and women who are forever going on the water wagon, which refers back to prohibition when men who wanted to take the temperance pledge jumped on the water wagon. And then when they couldn't go through with their decision, they fell off the water wagon. And they were always remorseful, making firm resolutions, but never making the decision and going through with it. That sounds a lot like me. And there's a type of man and woman unwilling to admit that they can't just have one brownie, one drink. That's, just, that's me, all right. I wanted the box, the bag, and then I went for the gallon. And the manic depressant, now that sounded harsh. But when I looked it up, it said someone who has mood swings who can lose interest in daily life and isolate. Well, there you go. It's me again. And the man who was entirely free of alcohol for a certain amount of his business career so he'd get ahead. And then when he was in, retired, he felt safe and entitled. Well, I would go on a diet for a year, lose over 100 pounds. Wow, I'm pretty good. I guess I'm normal now. I gained it all back within six months and even gained more friends. And then I do it over and over again. Pure insanity. That was me. If I went back to my old behavior, I was sure to die a death by knife, fork, and spoon. But you know what, gang? It doesn't really matter which category we place ourselves in. Or if we find ourselves like me, that I have traits like all of them. If I go back to my own life behaviors of eating my red light foods and thinking I'm normal now, then I'm doomed. Because that old phenomenon of craving, that manifestation of an allergy, which differentiates us from other people who can eat moderately, and stop when they're full or say those crazy words, 
It's too rich. I'll just have a bite and stop. Time, please. Separate. Thank you. That's what separates you and me from the normal compulsive overeater. And within a group of friends like you and a God that loves me, we can get free of this terrible disease. Every morning, waking up, that I'm an addict all over again. Barbara, that's Thank time, you. please. Thank you. Okay, next up we'll have Reva P. followed by Mary C. Good morning, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. The first couple of paragraphs remind me that I need to identify in and not look for ways to identify out. So when I came to my first meeting, I wasn't the same age as most of the people. I hadn't gained the same amount of weight as a lot of the people. And a man came up to me and I told him the insane things I did with food. And he said, you belong here. Welcome. And I need to remember, how do I identify in? And it's emphasizing here, what am I identifying in with? What are the two key important facts, irregardless of what classification and what I do and what I don't do and this food bothers me and this one doesn't? What are the two main things I need to pay attention to? First one emphasized in the last paragraph is I have a physical allergy which manifests as craving when I ingest those foods, substance, ingredients, or indulgent behaviors. Um, And what really struck me in that last paragraph are the words never, only, entire. And just out of curiosity, I looked up the word never. At no time, no time, past, future, no occasion, not ever, not at all. That means not a little bit, not now, not because it's my birthday, not because it's a wedding. Um, Never. Um, And I heard somebody speak when I first came in, and it really, really struck me. She talked about the whole pickle cucumber thing, and it was funny, but it really, really hit me because maybe at one time I was a cucumber. Maybe, you know, it talks about there are times we can get away with it. But I indulged in this um, disease so much, so severe, so long, I broke it. So I am no longer a cucumber. Once a cucumber becomes a pickle, like it can't go back. I can never, never, not at all, not once, not this time, go back. And it's a medical fact. This is a medical thing. It's physiological. I have had um, drug reactions. And it doesn't matter what my head thinks and how much I want to eat it or take this drug. I get terrible, terrible side effects. And it's the same thing with my alcoholic ingredients, behaviors, and foods. Um, And I'm so grateful for the reminder that the first aspect is entire abstinence. And in that condition, then I can work on the second aspect of the disease, which will always drive me back to the food, which is the mental twist. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. All right, next up we'll have Mary C. And then we'll take another group of names. Good morning, Mary.
Okay, maybe my ears were broken. Let me ask Mary C to press star one once more and see if she's available. Okay, so that didn't happen. So what I'm gonna do before I take the next grouping of names is I am gonna um, go back. I did not announce the share IDs from yesterday, which was Wednesday, August 19th, 2020. The share ID for the 7 a.m. was 15184, and the 10 a.m. was 15185. It is now my pleasure to remind us all that we are in the doctor's opinion. We are on page XXX, starting with the second paragraph, the classification of alcoholics. We read through four paragraphs ending with, to suggest his entire abstinence, and I'll do my best to take your names now. Please go ahead. Amy B. Pete Amy. Pete. Shoni C. Shoni C. Joni. 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 Thank you for, sorry about my ears. Joni C. Sorry K. Was that sorry K? Yeah. Okay. If you're on speakerphone, sorry, when you, when you come back on, if you could take off, it'll be easier for us to hear you. So I have Amy B, Pete B, Joni C and Suri K. Who else would like to share? Jackie B. These four paragraphs. Jackie B. And I can take one more. Okay. Vasa. We'll just get. Oh, Vasa, delightful. Okay, so we have Amy B, Pete B, Joni C, Suri K, Jackie B and Vasa O. Okay, we're going to get started with Amy B. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service this morning, and thank you to everybody else on the line. My name is Amy B. I am a very grateful, recovered overeater in the beautiful Mid-Hudson Valley in New York. Um, these paragraphs are wonderful. They, um, they make me feel not alone. All these and many others have one symptom in common. A distinct entity. These people are a distinct entity. I always knew that the way I felt about food was not the way I was supposed to feel about food. I would either eat in an in a excessive way or I would make a comment about looking forward to food or planning food. And I would see the looks on people's faces um, people who do not share in our disease, who, who were, couldn't understand my obsession or were judging my obsession or whatever. It doesn't matter what they were thinking, but I knew that I was different to the point where once in my early 20s, a dear friend of mine took my face in her hands and said, Amy, you do not have a normal relationship with food. And I was furious with her, furious with her. Who do you think you are? Um, but I think, you know, again, that anger was and fear was because I knew, because I knew that I was different. And um, this book and this fellowship and this meeting and this program has made me realize that I may be a distinct class, and I am, and I may be different from other people, and I am, but I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not abnormal in this room. I am amongst my people. And then if I know that, because I have my whole life before I found my others, I knew that I was different. So now I have my group. And because this book says it, 
this among other things, but this in particular, I know this to be true in the depths of my soul. So if I know this is true, then the entire abstinence thing is true too. If that's, if I buy into the one thing and I recognize myself for the first time, then this answer, I got to recognize that too, that these steps are the answer. I have to recognize that too. And because I have recognized that, found my people, found this solution and given myself over to it, the relief of entire abstinence, oh, there's a song lyric in this life, there is lots of grief, but your love is my relief. My higher power's love is my relief. Relief, excuse me, this fellowship is my relief. This program is my relief. And I'm so grateful for all of you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Amy B. Okay, next up we'll have Pete B, followed by Joni C. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, Katie. Thanks for calling. I mean, my name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered dead by God's grace and mercy. And uh, thanks for taking, I'm in Pennsylvania. Thanks for taking the meeting. You know, it's interesting that throughout this chapter, they, re, they refer to the mental, the mental state of the, uh, of the, the compulsive overeater many times, right? It starts out right just after the doctor's letter. It says it, it did not satisfy us to be told that we could not control our drinking just because we were maladjusted to life that we're in full fight from reality or we're outright mental defectives, right? And we put so much emphasis at times on those aspects of the condition, right? Like, you know, this person, you know, we, 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 we put so emphasis on relating in, relating in, right? We, you know, if your story's like mine, if you look like me, if you sound like me, right? Like, we'll, we'll be more comfortable if those things match up, right? And, and what this is telling us, right, is that all those things vary. The one thing, the one thing that makes the, all of the members on this line, all of the people, what makes them a compulsive overeater of the variety for which there is no treatment, even this one, is that we have the abnormal physical reaction to substances what we, once we put them in our system. That's the thing. This is, this, is an, this, this is a condition that doesn't care what color you are, what race you are, what ethnicity, what religion, it's the one thing that we have in common. And that is the thing which we need to remember. That's what makes me a compulsive overeater. If, it does, if it's not there, I may have a mental problem. I may, have, I may be maladjusted. But if I don't have the physical reaction, then I'm not a compulsive overeater of the variety for which this solution applies. Right, and we talk about you know, treatment, even this treatment, right? You cannot treat compulsive overeating with abstinence. As a matter of fact, if you're, at, if you're a compulsive overeater and you abstain from compulsive overeating, the condition only gets worse. You know, there's no shortage right now of, of, of divisiveness, right? There's no shortage. Let me find out what's different about me and let me get, let me, the, we focus on the one thing we have in common and the unity that we need to have in recovery is the being unified in the solution. And the solution is that I practice these steps in 100% abstinently, 100% abstinently, and I work towards forming and nurturing a relationship with the God of my understanding. 
through practicing these steps in all of my affairs, right? Those are the, those are the critical elements, not the fact that I ate out of the garbage and you ate out of the garbage and, you know, I did this and you did that. Time, and, you know, we all think this. The one symptom in common and unified in the one solution. Thanks, I'll, I'll pass. Thank you, Pete B. Okay, next up we'll have Joni C. followed by Sori K. Good morning, Joni. Good morning, Katie. Thanks for your service. Can you hear me? Yes, we can, Joni. Please go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I am of the manic depressive type. I have bipolar, and and when I ate sugar and and bread and fried foods, I was just an absolute mad woman. And uh, and now that I'm on medication, it I'm normal. But I wasn't normal completely until I got the sugar and the, the flour and all those things that were addictive to me, the food that I was addicted to. And I am so so grateful to be free of that and to have a sound mind and, and be able to say these. I never would have admitted this before because uh, mental illness is not not exactly uh, a thing that is um, appreciated by those in the world. So, but I am grateful. I am very, very grateful. I'm very, very grateful for the doctor who recognized it and I'm also grateful that he uh, um, helped me with my weight he he first started by trying you know four chocolate bars a week or eating a dairy queen once a week but of course I couldn't I couldn't um, stop at that and but now I'm free and I'm grateful and I just want to thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Joni C. <clears throat> okay, next up we'll have Suri K. followed by Jackie B. Good morning, Suri. Hi, it's Suri, Suri? K. Oh, there you are. <laughs> there you are. Perfect to go ahead. I can. Huh? Hi, sorry, we heard you. Hi, okay. Um, so I am, well, we know um, today is day 78 for me, and I am so, so grateful because everything I, every time I, I listen and read and everything I read about, I just, this is me all over again, every single part of it, and I, I just, um, I'm so grateful to have found something that, that I could relate to and people understand where I'm coming from. And I never connected that, yes, I have had a weight problem and a food problem, but I didn't realize that how much of my my whole personality and my whole everything was affected by that. And I'm just so, so grateful that I, that I found something that is going to help my life in so many ways, um, like, you know, besides for the weight. Um, and like I heard yesterday, it's like a gift that we open every single day. And that, that's what I feel like. It's just every day I just keep on learning more and it's just, it's so amazing. And thank you so much for that. I'll pass. 
Thank you, Sari Kay. Okay, next up we'll have Jackie B, followed by Vasa O. Good morning, Jackie. Hi, I'm Jackie B from the Bronx. Thank you so much, everyone, for your service, and Katie. Um, you know, this is the crux of my recovery today. Um, for me, I was, you know, I've been in program 28 years, and I've been on every food plan you can imagine. Um, and, you know, each time I get to the best of my ability, I, you know, thought I found the recovery. Today, um, thanks to this program, thanks to this line and the awareness of the big book, honestly and openly, um, I've come to realize that four years ago, I found a food plan that absolutely took in account every food that, you know, starts the phenomenon of craving than the obsession. And when I started to follow that food plan, the very first meal, I had my spiritual awakening. And that started me four years ago to the abstinence I have today that gives me the clarity and the honesty that as long as I put that those foods down and those behaviors down, I am present. And that means I feel. I feel bad. I feel good. I feel honest. I feel integrity. I feel clarity. I feel my deep, my faults, and I ask my higher power for help. That's the difference. And, you know, for me, I cling to the growth today because, you know what, I carried so much of the world on my shoulders, so much of what I thought people wanted me to be, so much of what I thought I should be, could be, will be. You know what? I am Jackie B. from the Bronx, plain and simple. I am a compulsive overeater of that hopeless variety. And one day at a time, I work this program. One day at a time, I do the steps. One day at a time, I admit my faults. One day at a time, I ask my higher power for the clarity and the ability to face my fears, face my anxieties, face my flaws, and apologize when I have to, and admit my fault, my flaws. Because you know what? But today, I have serenity one day at a time. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, but today. And I am grateful for all these things. So you know what? Keep coming back. Keep working this program. Time, please. And it's okay. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. Okay. To wrap up this group of uh, speakers, we'll have Vasa O. Vasa, please go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Katie, for your service. And everybody's service this morning, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And I just love this meeting, uh, the big book, step, the big book, the vision for you. And uh, yes, I was doomed by the time I came to Overeaters Anonymous. I had no clue what was wrong with me, you know, and I did everything that everybody did or I have heard how to put the food down, but I could never, never keep it down. 
So, <clears throat> excuse me, all those and many others have one symptom in common. They cannot start drinking without developing the phenomenon of craving. I had no clue. I had no understanding about certain foods that I was putting in my body, the alcoholic foods. That that was, you know, I, I, I knew there was a problem because I couldn't put them down, but I didn't know what to do or how to do it. It's not like I didn't, but I always kept on going back and forth toward. And when I came to Overeaters Anonymous, you know, reading the doctor's opinion, and the girl, the woman that brought me, she also told me a little bit about the doctor's opinion before I even read it myself. I was just so shocked to find out about the cravings and the mental obsession with the foods. You know, I, again, this was my last stop, and I remember saying, if I don't do what these people are telling me to do, I am dead. And that, I was on the way. I really was. And I didn't know it was just the physical and the, it was emotional, spiritual, mental, whatever you want to call it. But I went cold turkey right from that night. I was ready and willing to surrender I will, to a higher power greater than myself, the program, and anybody that was going to help me. And that was the key. I needed to be um, um, entire abstinent. I wish I could tell you it was fun and I loved doing it from the beginning. I remember saying, how could I do this without going to the food? Please time me. And, uh, you know, I came in October, my daughter's birthday, Halloween, anniversaries. I mean, everything was coming up holidays, and my sponsor said, you know, you just do this. Don't worry about those days. When they come, you know, God will help you. A higher power is going to help you how to deal. Just do it one day at a time. And that has been the key for me. And in order to work the the 12 steps, I needed to to be 100% abstinence from my uh, toxic, from my alcoholic foods. Thank you very much for letting me share. And this is the only thing, 35 years, by the grace of God, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, before we take our final group of names for this hour, just a reminder of what we read. We are in the doctor's opinion, page XXX, starting with the the second paragraph. The classification of alcoholics, we read through four paragraphs ending with to suggest is entire abstinence. I can take two to three names. If you haven't shared in the last three days, please go ahead and give me your name. Mary Jen A. Linda okay, D. I've got a Mary and Jen and Linda. Linda D., I don't Sarah. know that we're going to have time for you. Um, so I'm going to go. Thanks, Sarah. Sorry, we're going to have to wait till the second hour. So if we could do um, Mary, and I'll need the first initial of your last name, and Jen A, and hopefully we'll have time for Linda D. Okay, Mary, last name, please, and go ahead. Thank you. This is Mary Ann V, and um, I just am so grateful I'm on the line today. I um, was really struck by something. A light bulb went off in my head when a speaker talked about um, being on medication um, for bipolar and then being able to be abstinent, and I just went off. I was like, wow, I've been abstinent seven and a half years, which is the longest I've ever been abstinent in 41 years of coming into the program, 1979. And and it struck me that I've been um, 
successfully treated for anxiety and depression and taken medication, and that's what's allowed me to work this program and be abstinent. And I uh, was in a program for a while, another food fellowship, and came back to OA a year ago. And in that food fellowship, some people implied or outright said that if you were working a strong enough program, you wouldn't need medication. And that's a dangerous thing because that's an outside issue. And I'm so grateful that I have these 12 steps because I um, I definitely, you know, fit here. I belong here. I identify with that, you know, the craving and the mental obsession. And I've always been fascinated by this section of the book, you know. And it triggers a little uh, jealousy in me because I have uh, my, my brother who quit drinking 20 years ago, went to one AA meeting, never went back. Um, and um, because his wife threatened to leave him, and he did not doesn't have to do all this work, or, you know. And I don't have to do it either. I choose to do it, uh, and he seems relatively happy. So some days I get a little jealous of that, but uh, but that's his life, and this is my life, and and this works for me. And I think my life would not be very um, as rich as it is if I didn't have these twelve steps and this fellowship, and I wasn't doing you know trying to live these steps to the best of my ability. So. You know, it's wonderful when you can be on a meeting and just have a a revelation that it just strengthens my commitment to this recovery and to, you know, taking care of myself and getting whatever help I need. You know, whatever help I need, I'm going to get because I want to live out my life in a happy, joyous, and free. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much. Okay, next up we'll have Jen A. Good morning, Jen. Morning, Sister G. Thanks so much. This is Jen A., recovered compulsive overeater uh, from Colorado. And um, I love these five classifications of the alcoholic, or for me, the compulsive overeater. And uh, my sponsor has me um, turn these into statements when I'm reading them, right? Um, and the first one asked me, right, am I, un- am I emotionally unstable? Um, and I love the word psychopath before that because I'm like, oh, I'm not a psychopath. But if I really drill down into what a psychopath is, I'm a psychopath. <laughs> I was antisocial. I didn't have any empathy for others. That was totally absent in my life. Um, and I could be mentally unstable at times, right? Um, and I was the girl always saying, I'm going to stop tomorrow making that uh, resolution. But I was never making up my mind because my mind was broken, the doctor's opinion tells me about my mind and this disease. Um, I am the girl who is in denial, right? I'm willing to admit that I can't take a bite. I plan other ways of eating and dieting. Um, I change, um, you know, what gym I go to or what diet I'm on. Um, and, and so that's me too. And I'm delusional. Um, after being entirely free from food for a period of time, I think I can take a bite. I think I can go back to doing this or the other thing without danger. That's me. Okay, I've identified him with three. Here comes number four, right? Now I'm the manic depressive type. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know about you all, but I didn't think I was manic depressive. So let's just look at depressed. Okay, I was depressed. Um, there were sad days, days I couldn't want to leave the house, days I couldn't, I couldn't function. Um, that was a girl like me too. And then the last one, you know what? Some days I could show up as able and friendly and intelligent. And then what happened? I took that bite. And then that spiraled, spiraled into so many things 
things for me. And um, I, I definitely am the girl who is, I, I'm a real, I'm a real compulsive overeater. Um, gratefully recovered today by God's grace and mercy. And I can tell you that I sh- hopefully show up with a lot more empathy for others. Um, I, I'm not in denial of my, of my disease or of this, of this, uh, you know, this malady that's inside of me, um, the allergy of the body or the twist of the mind. Um, I'm, I'm rarely depressed. I'm not going to lie and say there aren't days that I'm not. Um, but my delusional thinking, I get to see that when I, when I do this work and I practice these principles in all my affairs. So I'm so glad that, you know, he gives us these classifications and then, you know, he's actually classifying the alcoholic throughout the entire book all over the place. Um, but here he just, he just lays it, the doctor lays it out quite clearly for me. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm just thankful for this part of the book and that it shows me, um, you know, that at one point in time, maybe I was these things totally batshit crazy is how I say it. But today I live in God's grace and mercy. Um, and I just, I follow this, follow this way of life one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Katie. Thanks, Jen A. Okay, Linda D., I got about a minute and a half. Would love to hear you. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. You know, the thing that really pissed me off, really pissed me off, but I was way too polite to say it when I first came in was, you're all talking about God. And I knew that was BS, but I put a lid on it because I was terrified and I knew I was going to die from this disease. And I played ball with all of you, and I gave it lip service. What do you know? A higher power, God showed up. What an amazing journey this has been. Please come back because this works even for really, really smart people. Too damn smart. I was too damn smart, and now I'm too damn grateful. Thanks. Bye. Okay, Linda, thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who made this meeting possible for allowing me to serve. Um, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. The share ID for today, that's Thursday, August 20th, is 15191. That's 15191. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Cindy M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Cindy? Good morning. This is Cindy M. from Campbell, Pennsylvania, a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past and give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.